Hey everybody, I'm Shelby and I'm a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. And I'm Tao, I'm a Carolina Hurricanes fan. And this is High Voltage. That's the sound of the clappers, baby! The Lightning are going to the Stanley Cup for the second straight year. Holy fucking shit. I am so happy. I am so over the moon. Oh my god, Tao, what a game seven. That was the most anxious 60 minutes of my entire life on top of the worst 48 hours of waiting and anticipation and heartbreak that I've ever had. But wow, we did it. The Lightning are going to the Stanley Cup and will face the Montreal Canadiens. Holy crap, I can't believe it. I'm so, so happy. Hey, look, everyone. Somebody that has, still has the Clappers that's a Tampa Bay fan. That's right. The Clappers are here. They are activated, and they did their job last night. I was so happy to get to use them. I am such a big believer in manifestation, and I just was picturing all day long using those Clappers to celebrate the win, and when I finally got to do it, it felt so, so good. I'm just so happy. That's I'll say it probably a thousand times on this pod, but what an incredible team win. What a great feeling and just an incredible overall performance by the Tampa Bay Lightning in this one. Yeah, you definitely had to you definitely had to cheer after that one. That was clinical. That was a beautiful performance. Glad you guys won. The buildup to this game though was just so intense. Like we were wondering for the past two days about what the situation was with Kucherov. Tal, I know you had faith that he was going to be able to go, but John Cooper did not share that faith. It seemed like things were very dicey up until literally warm-ups. But the moment that Cooch came out on the ice and took warm-ups for Tampa, to see the response he got from the crowd and the uplift that I think all Tampa Bay fans got seeing that. It was such a magical moment. It was similar to the Steven Stamkos return in Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Finals last year. It just was a magical moment. And he played the hell out of that game for being injured. I mean, I'm sure that man was loaded up on painkillers and cortisone shots and everything under the sun. But he actually had one of the highest times on ice of any player I'm sure that was just to keep him warm because if he got cold it was not going to be good but just so inspiring also the return of Eric Chernak in the lineup I think having Chernak and Kuch back was just such a lift for those boys and it certainly was for us as fans yeah definitely I I figured he was going to be back all all day today yesterday and I felt like he was going to play and I felt like his he was going to bring that energy that you guys needed. I didn't feel like he was going to miss a Game 7. There's no way he's going to miss a Game 7. And that's what coaches do, though. They they play around with their opponents. They say, oh, well, we're not giving an update. We're not going to play We're not going to play that game and give you an update before game so you can game plan against us. So I think all along it was just a chess match for him to play with Barry Trotz's mind to make him think, oh, we're without our best player. The game itself was stressful. I mean, game seven, right, is stressful to begin with. We didn't want to be in this position. I said on the last pod, you know, how heartbroken I was after game six. 
it just did not feel good to be facing elimination. No, no fan, no team wants to be in that position. But there we were in the most do or die scenario. It was win or end. And it was possibly going to be the end of this group. And that what was that's what was really just very like emotional for me. So leading up to the game, all those thoughts were going through my head. But like I said on the last pod, I believed. I believed in this team. I knew we could do this. It just, I had to see it to finally like breathe a sigh of relief and celebrate. And it was just such a great game to watch, even though not a lot happened in terms of goal scoring. It was so tense and stressful. And like Eddie O had to say, it was a one shot kind of game where the difference was literally one shot and we'll break it down for you here. So the game starts, we've got Cooch and Chernak back in the lineup. Lightning pretty much dominated the first period and every statistic, shots, all of that. They spent a lot of time in the Islanders zone. They were getting great looks. And honestly, really the only thing that kept that game 0-0 after the first was the play of Simeon Varlamov. He made some incredible saves throughout the game. He was the reason I think the Islanders had a chance because without him, that game could have easily been four to nothing, five to nothing. Yeah, I totally agree. It was uh it was one of those things where Tampa's offense was just absolutely dominating. They were up twelve to three at one point in shots and I mean the Islanders couldn't even get it out of their zone to save their lives. Yeah, they did have one good opportunity in the first period, and that was a breakaway for Bavillier, who was the overtime hero in Game 6. He got the puck. He was 1-0 on with the goalie. Andre Vasilevsky made a huge save with the right pad to deny him. Um, it was just beautiful. That was really the moment that the Islanders could have seized to, to get some momentum and take control of this game. But Vazzy shut it down, and he would continue to do so. We moved into the second period feeling okay. The Islanders did have a push at the end of the first, and you almost thought maybe the Islanders' magical second period was going to take over, but alas, no. The lightning came out swinging. It seemed like we were going to get off to a good start. And then what do you know? The referees decide it's time to start calling cross-checking. Cross-checking's illegal again, even though it wasn't in Game 6. And when Barclay Goodrow gets called for an offensive zone cross-checking penalty, I was pissed. I was ready to, you know, have a whole rant about the officiating and all the other bullshit that we've been seeing from them this entire postseason. But the hockey gods have a sense of humor. Karma is real, and there is still justice. Because the Islanders go on a power play, and Barclay Goodrow is in the box for cross-checking. And all of the sudden... McDonough blocks a shot and instead of just clearing the puck, dumping it down, he's patient. He holds that puck for about six seconds because the Islanders aren't pressuring him at all. They're expecting a long clear and he holds that puck and he finds Sorelli darting through the neutral zone and Sorelli gets this puck and instead of dumping this puck again, or taking it to the corner and trying to kill some time off of this power play, Anthony Sorelli finds a streaking Yanni Gord who has come off the bench, and Yanni Gord deposits this puck right over Simeon Varlamov into the back of the net. 
and it's a shorthanded goal for the Lightning, making it 1-0. And unfortunately for the Islanders, it is the first shorthanded goal they have allowed all season. 75 games, the Islanders did not allow a shorthanded goal, and they allowed one in Game 7 of the semifinals of the Stanley Cup. Tal, what a heartbreaking blow to the Islanders, but what a courageous play by McDonough, Sorelli, and Yanni Gord. What did you think of that goal? What do you think the Islanders felt? And just give me your thoughts. Well, I thought the goal was fantastic. I mean, to see them be able to capitalize even after the Goodrow penalty, it, it was just, like you said, sweet justice. It kind of was like they they found their their chance and they took it. I kind of felt bad for Vlamov here because he he was doing everything he could to keep, you know, the Islanders in the game. Plus, you know, going to the Islanders' side, you think you have the, the best chance to finally put one in the back of the net versus this Tampa team on the road in a hostile environment. And you're trying to trying to take away that that fan support and you're trying to take away the fans in this game. But after you let go let let that one go in, you pretty much lose everything. The fans are in it, everybody's in it, the everybody's cheering, everybody's the house is rocking, Emily Arena is just all over the place. And you pretty much lose any any hope that you have to get back in this game because you just lost the power play essentially and then they killed the power play off. And I mean to have a one nothing lead after a power play kill is it's huge, especially in a game seven. For sure. It was an uphill battle from there for the Islanders and just a total defensive breakdown for them on that play. The inability to pressure McDonough, the three defenders going after Anthony Sorelli instead of covering the middle of the ice. They they did. They let Simeon Varlamov hang out there to dry. Sucks for him, but so great for the Lightning. And yeah, just the hockey gods have a funny sense of humor for that. It ended up being the game-winning goal off of a shorthanded goal from a cross-checking penalty. You just have to love it. That that goal happened about two minutes into the second period. So for the next 38 game-time minutes, it was stressful. I don't think there is anything worse than having a one-goal lead in a Game 7 for 40 minutes other than being down one goal in the Game 7 for 40 minutes. And again, RIP Islanders. But you know, the rest of that game, Tampa played a shutdown mode of, of hockey. They continued to press, they continued to push the envelope offensively, and they shut things down defensively in front of Vazzy. And Vazzy, of course, continued to, to be the guy keeping us in these playoffs. But the guys in front of him did their job too. Sergachev and McDonough both were blocking shots left and right. At the end of the second period when the Islanders were kind of swarming again, Sergachev takes a 2 minute and 30 second long shift, which for hockey in general, and especially Game 7 playoff hockey, is incredibly long. The poor guy, it was his birthday. He got onto the bench after the horn blew ending the second and just sat there. He could not move. What a valiant effort by Mikhail Sergachev. And happy birthday, Mr. Sergachev. We love you. Just just an incredible defensive performance overall. Going into the third, 
we were in the same position we were in in game six, right? We were up by a goal, 20 minutes away from returning to the cup final, and we knew we had to shut it down. But what I liked from the Lightning in this third period versus game six is that they did not play it safe. They did not sit back on their heels. They still were pushing the puck up the ice, making offensive runs at Varlamov, putting shots on net. They did not play it safe. Safe is death, as we saw in game six, and they did not do that. Now, of course, at the end of the game, the final five minutes presented by Rocket Mortgage, the Islanders are coming at them with everything they got because their season is on the line. But the defense stayed strong. They couldn't get any shots through the slot. We have a couple of good chances for the Islanders. I think the one that's going to haunt them the most is Barzell fanning on the one-timer when he had an open net as Vazzy was moving from left to right. But that was really it. The final two minutes were a scramble, very stressful after the goalie was pulled. But when Alex Kalorn finally clears the puck, after, let me just say this, Barclay Goodrow with the empty net, he took that puck down the ice and couldn't get an angle on, on the goal, but he took that puck into the boards and kept it there and killed about 20 seconds off the clock. It was him versus four other Islanders who were trying to get that puck free. And he just said, I got this. I'm handling it. Killed off those 20 seconds. Just a big play by him. And then, yeah, Alex Kaloran gets the final clear. The horn blows. And finally, fans at Amelie Arena are able to witness their team hosting the Prince of Wales trophy and going to another Stanley Cup final. I'm getting emotional talking about it because as great as the run was last year to the Cup, the missing piece was that the fans couldn't be a part of it. And to just have that Game 7 be at home, to win it, to be moving on to the Cup final, and to do that all in front of fans, I have no doubt it meant so much to the team. But to us as fans, that was just so sweet. It, it was... A different feeling than last year for sure for a lot of reasons but yeah just incredible <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it i would be i would be ecstatic if i was sitting in your position and it was the hurricanes yeah and vazzy records another shutout in the elimination game extending his streak to four which i believe is some kind of record and the Lightning are now 13-0 and after a loss in the playoffs. I'll tell you one thing. If they can keep that statistic going through the next series, they're going to win the Cup. If they can keep that resiliency, they will win the Cup, no doubt. That statistic right there of their bounce-back performances after a loss is just unreal. It is the making of champions, of a legacy, of a dynasty, and I think now we can kind of start talking about how this team has the makings of a dynasty. If they had lost last night, I don't think we could talk about that. But for this team to now have been in the cup three times in the last six years, that is incredible. Yeah, it's, it's crazy that you can say that you've been to the cup this many times in this many years and to have this team continue to perform night in and night out. And the record for Vazzy, by the way, is he is the first goaltender to have four different series-clinching shutouts in series clinchers in playoff history. He's a world-class goaltender. I don't think there's any denying that. We get to witness some of the greatest players in the world playing hockey for this Tampa Bay Lightning team. 
every night they take the ice. It's just incredible. You can't take it for granted. It really is something to appreciate. The the kind of bummer though from this game is that Braden Point, his goal streak ends. He retains second place in the NHL all time of goal streaks in the playoffs. What an amazing run for him. He's obviously not done. I think we're going to see a couple more goals from him before this season ends. But uh, what an incredible record for him to have. Vazzy, obviously, with tons of records. I just want to say, too, there was a lot of discourse about the noise level in Amelie versus the barn. And I think we can finally stop talking about that because that building during the last two minutes was the loudest ever recorded like John Cooper even said after the game it was the loudest he had ever heard that arena ever get and not only did the team come out and play but like the fans showed up like they were loud the clappers were going it was absolutely wonderful just what an what a great atmosphere and now we get to look forward to hosting game one of the Stanley Cup finals on Monday versus the Montreal Canadiens so let's talk about that, Tal. The Montreal Canadiens beat Vegas in overtime and are now going to the Stanley Cup. They have only won 36 games this season, and they've lost 37, including the postseason. They still are not in the positive, and somehow they are playing for the biggest trophy in all of sports. Tal, give me your thoughts on Montreal, and let's start kind of previewing the Stanley Cup final of Tampa Bay versus Montreal. Yeah, I think everybody crossed the country was pulling for Montreal in the Vegas series nobody really cares to see Vegas back in there I know a lot of people are against Tampa too but I I know a lot of people just really did not want to see Vegas advance they've been to the conference finals three out of the four years they've even been in the league I think it's kind of kind of crazy but I think I think I was happy to see Montreal back we kind of needed a Canadian team to to make a run and they were the team that made the run I look forward to them matching up with Tampa. I think they have a very skilled team to match up against Tampa. They have the veterans. They have the goalkeeping. It's going to be really tough. I'm I'm really excited about the penalty kill versus the power play. That's that's where I'm at. I think Montreal comes into this series with like a 93% power penalty kill. They've been absolutely outstanding. And I know their goaltender is a main reason for that, but their defense has kind of been like Tampa. They're, they're blocking shots. They're stopping people. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, the power play versus the penalty kill is going to be huge. Canadians have obviously been dominating on the penalty kill. And I think that is going to be the difference maker in this series and something we'll be following. Will the power play of the Lightning be better than Montreal's penalty kill or vice versa? I think that's going to be kind of the keynote thing to be watching for. I myself have been rooting for Montreal through, you know, the playoffs on the Western side because tell you and I both love an underdog story I don't really hate Montreal the way that I hated the Islanders or Florida it's kind of weird I'm gonna have to get into that mode of like these guys are the enemy now but it's been really fun to watch them and they have nothing to lose I mean they were doubted by every single person I think except themselves and they have really hit hit their stride and of course the play of Cole Caulfield the 20 year old center right out of college joins them for this playoff run and then of course the goaltending of Carey Price Carey Price has been in this league for a long time and is going to get a chance to play for the Stanley Cup I think a lot of people are pulling for him and pulling for this Canadians team for a lot of reasons and 
I think it's going to be a challenge. I, I see some people saying like, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk for the Lightning. I don't think that's the case. I think this series easily goes six games, seven games. Montreal has a lot of offensive weapons right now and young players, young players who are making an impact as well as veteran players. This is the second year in a row we're going to be facing Corey Perry for the Stanley Cup. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's just like, it's just a lot. I, I think the goaltending is going to be huge too. This will be the first team that we've faced so far in the playoffs who really has one good goaltender. The previous three teams, we were able to chase out the goalie in all of those series. Now we've got Carey Price. I mean, it's going to be huge. So goaltending, the penalty kill versus the power play, the kind of young new forwards of Montreal versus like the kind of more veteran guys like Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov of the Tampa Bay Lightning. We've got ourselves a series. It's going to be so fun to watch. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm really excited. It's, it's just a great feeling to be here. Yeah, no doubt. Also, you got to look at the, um, the goal scoring too, because both teams, I believe coming into this game, will be 11 and two when scoring first in the playoffs. They they're both fantastic holding leads. Usually they're fantastic holding leads outside of game 6 for Tampa and I believe back in the Florida series they lost one in overtime that they led early and scored the first goal. But outside of that and I think Montreal lost one to Vegas in overtime and I believe they lost another one to Montreal and they're, I meant to Toronto in the first series, but they're both fantastic when scoring first. They're both very competitive defensive teams. I think that's going to be a huge thing, too, is which defense comes out on top. You have two veteran defenses and two, two top teams. They're both, like I said, 11-2 when scoring first. That's going to be a huge, huge play in this. But the Lightning do have an advantage. Tal, does anything concern you about the Lightning or Montreal going into this series because I think for me one thing that has kind of been at the back of my head has been the Lightning in overtime versus Montreal in overtime like the Lightning are 0 for 3 during this playoff run in overtime whereas last season on their run to the cup they were 6 and 2 and a lot of those overtime games ended up being death nails in those series and so to see the Lightning this series or this year kind of struggle in overtime is kind of a concern for me because Montreal has been hot. Yeah, I definitely see, can see that being an issue too. I think Montreal comes into this either four and one or three and four and two in the overtime games this postseason. Um, coming from the the Toronto series, I think they won like a couple overtime games. I know they won a couple versus Winnipeg, and I know they won their last one versus Vegas. They're I think they're four and one in the postseason and overtime they may be four and two don't count don't count me on it I'm not a professional here but Tampa has struggled in overtime and it's been quick games we're not talking we're not talking that these games have been drawn out I mean they've been quick like three minute overtime period games where Tampa has just made some mistakes on defense if they can clean up the defense the overtime periods will probably last a little bit longer i think that's probably the one area i'm scared of so far for tampa because if you look back at the game six they turned it over in carolina i believe they gave up a power play opportunity which led to the goal 
I'm not sure what the Florida one. I believe Florida was a turnover also. It was. Headman, Headman like, whiffed on the puck, and it, it turned into, like, a breakaway chance. So, yeah, I, w- I would say those 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 are kind of keys right now is you got to look at penalty kill, power play, overtime for each team. And if Tampa can score first, if Tampa can score first, I think they have the, the, the leadership in the team here to be able to stifle a young team. Also, Tampa has a problem sometimes of when they face fast teams, they they lose some of their defensive mindset. Yeah, I think we've seen definitely in the Carolina series and other teams we played this season that were super fast teams is that when, like, you know, the Tampa defense likes to push up and pinch in on the offensive plays. And when you do that, if a shot is blocked or something happens – all of a sudden, those quick teams can get the puck and have an odd man rush going the other way. We definitely saw it in Carolina. So I think you're you're totally right. That's another thing to be looking at for this series. To me, Tal, obviously, I have Tampa winning this series. Do you have Tampa winning this series, and in how many games? I, I don't see it not making it past Game 6. I, I think it goes to Game 7. I, I think you're going to have another stressed stressed series on you. I think Montreal can win in Montreal. Then again, Tampa's been 6-2 and two on the road. It just all depends if Montreal can come into game one and take the home ice again. If, if they can take home ice away from Tampa, that's going to be a huge thing. But if Tampa can keep home ice and win on the road, we're going to have a short series. But I think it's going to go seven. I think you're going to have a another stressful time this, this postseason. And I know, I know you don't really like those. And I know you don't like to sit on game sevens and you're just sitting there stressing about who's going to win. But it it also, you got to think about it. Cooch, Cooch looked labored yesterday. I'm not saying he wasn't in good form, but he did look a little laboring. Yeah, he was not 100% completely. That's definitely something to keep an eye out on as well. I hope you're wrong. I hope it doesn't go seven games because I hope Tampa closes it out um, in five and I hope we get to win the cup at home in front of our fans. That would be awesome. I do obviously, you know, want to see Tampa lift the cup again, obviously. There's no question about that. But I do think the Montreal Canadiens deserve a lot of credit, and so I expect a long series as well. The final thing I want to touch on before we end the pod is just taking a look at this team with this core group, with this coaching staff, and kind of the journey they have been on. In 2018, they go against Barry Trotz's Capitals in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final, and they are shut out. And it's one of those moments as a Lightning fan where the expectation now is like, we almost made it, let's come out and let's do it now this season. And then, of course, you have 2019. You have a history-setting, a record-breaking regular season. You win the President's Trophy. You're up three to nothing in game one versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then you lose that game four to three. And then you are swept in the series. And it's all anybody wants to talk about. And so you've had two heartbreaking seasons back to back for that core group. And then comes 2020. And you don't have the kind of success in the regular season that you had in 2019. But you make it to the playoffs. And you win the hardest cup there has ever been in a bubble for over 60 days. And you get to lift the cup, but you're, you don't have your captain there for the majority of it. 
You don't have your fans there. And then you come back for the 2021 season, which is a shortened season. You're only playing against the same seven teams in your division. You lose Stamkos to an injury. You've lost Kucherov to hip surgery. You have Chernak, Ruda, McDonough all getting hurt throughout the season. You're bringing in these new rookies. You find Ross Colton. You're starting to get it together. And then you go through a terrible run in April that puts you into the third seed position. And you have to play the Florida Panthers to end the season to try to get to the second spot, but you lose. And now you're in the playoffs. And Nikita Kucherov comes back. And you win the first series against the Florida Panthers with two road wins. You win the second series against Carolina in five games with two road wins. Then you face the Islanders, who are the same team that you had to beat in six games to get to the Cup last year. And this time you have to play them in the Nassau Coliseum. You have to deal with their fans. You have to deal with the noise level. And this game, this series gets pushed to a game seven. And you have all the pressure in the world on you. And you're thinking about 2018. You're thinking about 2019. And you come out in game seven and you steal that game. And you're going to another cup. And just the resiliency and the bounce back of those boys who are, like we said, 13-0 after a playoff loss. It's just incredible. This has been a fairy tale story for the Lightning. And I believe it's going to end with another cup. And I cannot wait to witness it. But just, wow, the adversity this team has been through. The lowest of lows and the highest of highs. And now here we are in the cup final for the second straight year. It's just amazing. And so just enjoy it lightning fans just really really enjoy it because like i've said before we are witnessing greatness and it's not going to be this way forever and so let's just enjoy every single second and hopefully in a week or two we will be talking about the lightning winning another stanley cup so thanks everybody for tuning in we made it through game seven by the skin of our teeth and my nerves hanging on by a thread but we did it islanders you got Tampa. Hope you enjoyed it. So everybody, we will see you after game one, which is on Monday at 8 o'clock on NBCSN. You can follow us on Twitter for more fun at TB High Voltage. And as always, go Bolts.